Hello, and welcome to Brand Clarity by Visions to Images, where we focus on strategy and business development for entrepreneurs at all different levels through branding and digital marketing techniques. Susie Libertor is the founder and art director of Visions to Images Creative Services, LLC. For the last decade, she has personally been instrumental in bridging gaps between the global digital market and neighborhood locations for some of the biggest brands around. Growth is possible for even a single location with the right professional branding techniques and Susie's signature strategies of Visions to Images. Stand out from your competitors and bring your visions to life while watching your sales skyrocket. Your host for this is Susie Libertor, owner of Visions to Images. Hello, everybody. Today on the podcast, I have Scott Hannes with Fortitude HR Solutions. He is actually a part of Synergy Networking, which is in Medina, Ohio. So it's been really fun and exciting to meet him and see all these other amazing people in this group. And I thought, he would be good. I haven't had anybody on for HR. So welcome, Scott. Thank you very much, Susie. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it's been great to get to know you and everybody in Synergy. Definitely a great group of people and yeah. we do so much awesome stuff for the, the community. And I love to be able to give back. So it's been a, a good fit for me too. So same. Absolutely. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got started, all of that yeah. kind of fun stuff. All the stuff that no one wants to listen to. <laughs> um, so I'm born and raised here in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, went to um, different schools locally. I went to St. Joseph and John. Then I went to Padua Franciscan High School. I graduated college from Baldwin Wallace and just you know, fell into HR kind of a, as a happen of chance. Um, I was working for a company doing sales and project management type stuff and got an opportunity to work for a family-owned business that did um, home electronics repairs, as well as car stereos and video navigation systems and instrument cluster panels, kind of where your speedometer and your odometer are located in your car. Mm -hmm. And uh, they gave me my first opportunity to get into human resources. They didn't have somebody that was dedicated doing HR. Uh, they had a couple different people doing that. And so uh, they knew I was a people person. I liked helping people. And so they gave me the opportunity. And that was back in 2005. So I've been in HR almost 15 almost going on 16 years i started that in march of 05 and just i love helping people i've been uh everything from an hr manager to a um, senior hr regional manager to a director of human resources to a vice president of human resources kind of like climbing my way up the corporate ladder mm -hmm. and then uh back in june of 2019 uh through the encouragement of one of my neighbors who happens to be a great friend and a mentor his name is tim brotz um, Tim decided and encouraged me really to kind of quit my job and start my own company. So uh, I've owned Fortitude HR Solutions since June of 2019. Uh, it's been an absolute amazing journey, uh, 18 months as an entrepreneur. You know, you go through some of those highs, lows, you know, the peaks and valleys, but I've been incredibly blessed and fortunate with just a ton of work. And I love what I do. I get to help people every day. I don't look, I mean, obviously it's a way for me to support and provide for my family, but I get to help people every day. So it's something I'm passionate about. Yeah, that's great. So 18 months you've been in business. Correct. So how has things kind of changed since the pandemic happened for your business? So I, I do human resources consulting mm -hmm. um, and I also do uh, recruiting for small and medium-sized businesses throughout the United States. Um, I work with a lot of real estate investors uh, just because mm -hmm. Tim, my neighbor, 
He just happens to be connected to a ton of people. He has 4,000, over 4,000 apartment units throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of opened up his network and just, uh, you know, put me in touch with the right people. And so at the start of the pandemic in March, it's a funny story. Tim and I were actually in Puerto Rico and it was, uh, I'll never forget, it was March 15th. We're wrapping up the event that day. We went on a tour of Old San Juan and somebody in the group got a call saying, hey, they may shut everything down. You better get home. So Tim and I and a couple other people were frantically trying to get flights out of uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. We were able to get flights into JFK. And then we ended up driving through the night, Tim and I did, uh, from New York City all the way back to Cleveland. And so that was a fun experience. And then you know everything went on lockdown You know in Ohio here on March 16th or 17th, whatever it was. And that happened through the end of April. So I had 26 different uh, recruiting roles that we were trying to fill between myself and my team. And then as COVID hit and things kind of, you know, continue to progress, that went down to about six roles. And mm -hmm. so we lost about 20 roles. Some businesses completely just, you know, shut the jobs down. Some pivoted and went in different directions. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we tried to do more consulting, which is something I'm really passionate about, like going in and helping a small and medium-sized company. Like a lot of those businesses, they can't afford a full-time like HR professional. And so going in and, you know, helping companies kind of come up with their company values, you know, what is their moral compass, what's their culture all about, and then working on, you know, what's the org structure, what should it look like maybe now versus in the future, you know, are we paying our employees correctly, are they classified correctly as W-2, um, and then also looking at like writing job descriptions, getting a pulse of the organization for how things are going, but then also there's an HR compliance side, obviously making sure we're filling out the new uh, hire forms correctly. They're using the right forms and then developing like performance management systems and setting goals and objectives for these business leaders. Because, you know, there's a saying out there, if you can't, you know, measure it, you can't manage it. So mm -hmm. we have to make sure we have, you know, good communication. We give clear expectations to our employees and our team members. Otherwise, you know, I mean, we're doing a bad job as a leadership group, in my opinion. So we really pivoted a lot to doing more consulting, probably starting uh, in the middle of April. And then recruiting really picked back up at the end of April. So again, very fortunate that I work with a lot of real estate investors. And that industry has not really been hit extremely hard by the pandemic. It's kind of been the opposite. Um, as you know, like Christina, we have a mutual connection and, you know, real estate's just booming right now. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of weird how everybody's so affected differently when it kind of comes to that. Um, I mean, obviously, restaurants and salons and all of those people have been hurt more so than, like you said, real estate people and other companies. I mean, I, knock on wood, have been okay, and things have been kind of actually picking up because people want to invest, but some people also want to pull away or were scared or whatnot. But I think at the beginning was when it was really tough because nobody knew what was going to happen, but now things are kind of different and they can see that they need that assistance or help, you know, well, and, and, and Susie, what you do, like, in my opinion, like marketing doesn't get enough credit because at the end of the day, you need to invest in marketing, which drives sales and revenue for your business. And you need yeah. to invest in your people and your team. Right? right. And so, you know, the services that you offer and the services that I offer, I mean, those are critical because at the end of the day, Absolutely. that's how businesses are going to grow and expand and build, you know, there's a lot of businesses that are, you know, that are thriving right now because Absolutely. they made the appropriate changes during the, the pandemic. And there's some that unfortunately did not. So I agree 100%. And I think that 
marketing is always the first thing that people kind of pull back on. I feel like most of the times because they're like, oh, it's not working or we don't need it or we're not getting results, you know, all the things, especially during a pandemic when they're like, we need to pull pull back on something. So I feel like marketing is always that thing that people pull back on. And clearly they pulled back a little bit on you as well when they when right. you had that 26 roles and it kind of shrunk down to be right. shorter. But then they come back around, like you say, and it's just crazy, this whole world that has changed so much in the past, what, 10 months, nine, eight, I don't even know, I lost track and who knows what's going on. <laughs> Every um, day is the same. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So what is something that you are super excited about? It seems like the consulting end of things is what you're excited about as far as your business goes, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, so like I work, I was in uh, Virginia in December working with a, a really great client and they own a trucking site excavation, site development type company. And to see their potential growth, like they grew by $5 million. They went from 10 to $15 million from 2019 into 2020. And that was really cool. We worked on developing business plans and goals for, you know, the next year, the next three years and the next five years. And we were able to kind of map out how this business can grow to be a hundred million dollar company in the next five years. And it's very, very doable with the momentum and the clientele that they have and kind of just some of the work that they do, plus the market, right? But they're in a very good market. They're very close to Washington, DC. There's a lot of industry that's booming there. Um, so like, that's a, that's a real passion for me is helping people, you know, set their businesses up for success. And, you know, the hard part of consulting, and you know, this too, Susie, is that at the end of the day, we can't force anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. We can provide guidance and be a coach and a you know, kind of a support for these uh, business owners. But at the end of the day, you know, they have to take actionable steps in order to see results and to see things change. Absolutely. And I know, because I, I do some consulting and coaching, and then I also do a lot mm-hmm. of implementation. So there's always that stretch because people want, they don't want to spend a lot of money. So they go with the cheaper route, but the cheaper route is, do they do that con- coaching and consulting? Are they doing it correctly? Are they doing what right. is asked? Or, I mean, you can see so much more results when you implement it, when somebody else implements it for you that is in that field and is that expert. Whereas coaching mm-hmm. and consulting, like they're doing it. And then you ask them, well, did you do this for le- this week? And they're like, well, I did, but I didn't see <laughs> no traffic or I forgot. I mean, I hear it all the time. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what is your goal? Like, why did, or what is holding you back? Like, why aren't you doing it? All of the things and then pulling up the data and kind of walking them through it is, is so important but i mean the coaching and consulting is one part and it's it's fun and it's different but i also feel like people yeah they just don't do what's asked or implement all the time or correctly yeah i mean it's definitely i think a struggle of anybody that coaches or consults people right i think you know part of that comes back to us like we have to help educate people on why they need to maybe make those changes right so you know, when I worked, I did uh, international HR, I worked in Brazil and Mexico, and I would travel to either Brazil or Mexico once a month. And getting buy-in and getting support from the team was always a, a critical part of any type of change that we put in place. Mm-hmm. So explaining kind of the why we're doing it, what, you know, and this is what we need from you, and this is how it can potentially get better. That was an important part of the, the change management aspect. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's like you said, it's education and making sure that you pull back the layers or pull back what's bothering them or why they're not doing it and, or helping them understand, okay, well you did this so you can get to X. Like a lot of times people just want results so quickly. And I'm sure you agree with that. And like, you have to make those steps before you can actually see results. So yeah. Yeah. One of my, one of my uh, bosses or leaders said you have to 
crawl, then walk, then run. Exactly. I think that's really, really true. Yeah. I love it. Hey, hey, let's stop for just one second during this podcast episode. I know you're so excited to get back and listen. But I wanted to chat with you and talk about how we really work with businesses. What we really do is we dive in and we ask so many questions. We go through a series of questionnaires and extensive research to really help you get a clear, identifiable plan of action that needs to happen for your business. If you want to hear more about this, go to visions2images.com, click the contact us button, and we will be happy to set up a time to chat more. So my last question for you is if you had any advice for somebody who's either starting off or looking to hire HR, anything to that effect, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, number one, don't skimp and, and don't spend money on marketing, like spend money on that stuff. Like that really helps. And, and you'll appreciate this. So I'm not like real big, like flashy person. I don't like to go on social media. Mm-hmm. but I'm forcing myself. So December 11th, I made a promise to myself. I'm going to post something on social media every day for the next 30 days. Yeah. And so like, there's a lot of power in social media marketing. And obviously, you know that. Yeah. So spend the money and do the social media stuff. Like that's a real, real important thing. Um, and then, you know, analyze your business. Like if you can take your business from, you know, a million to $2 million, what are those steps that you need to take? And, you know, if you're an owner of a company or a business, like focus on the revenue generating activities, the things that make you money, the things that don't, like if it's, you know, answering phones or if it's updating your website or if it's paying bills, like you can source that stuff out, either find a third party consultant like Susie for marketing, mm-hmm. uh, work with a bookkeeper, for example, on the, you know, that yeah. bill pay and APAR side, um, or go hire somebody internally as part of your team that's going to help you focus on the bigger picture items because a lot of, you know, small business owners and business owners in general, like we're, we're very visionary and, but we don't want to always execute and implement, like you said, Susie. So, you know, having that vision is great, but then you need to find the who can, that can do the how, right. Right. And and you really go after it and put things in place. So. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand. And I mean, within, I actually have some series that I'm doing, like how I scaled my business and grew within a year. And I talked about outsourcing. I mean, that was probably mm-hmm. one of the biggest things. I have an accountant. I have an admin assistant who does those invoices and makes sure all of that project stuff is being taken care of. And then having copy editors and writers and a website and SEO. I mean, being able to have that. I mean, I can do all of those things, but do I need to be spending my time doing it? No, no. no. <laughs> What's the highest and best use of your time, right? Exactly. And if you can still, you know, if you can manage the other team members and the people that work with, whether they're subcontractors or full-time employees or virtual assistants, as long as you clearly communicate, what are the expectations? And this is what I expect at the end of the day, like if they don't perform, then you can find somebody who will. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I mean, and I just like, I just hired a VA recently to do some, it's not really necessarily VA work, but it's more like repurposing and some content and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. some generation. So it's, it's a lot of toss up and I mean, we're seeing how it goes and what I actually need help with because I know I need help and things are sucking my time. So it's right. trying to figure out what I what she can do and what I can do to kind of come together. So there's a lot of trial and error, but it seems like it's working. So always being open-minded, I think too, is key because they want to grow with you and you want to grow with them. So kind of making sure that you, like you said, communication is key and you can find what they know they need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't share your vision and where you want to go as an owner of a company, but yet you expect your team of people, whether they're full-time W2, subcontractors, VAs, 
Like they're not going to get there or they may not stay with you because people want to have the ability to grow. Right. And most people don't want to take a job and stay in that job the rest of their life. Most people have uh, some type of ambition. It may not be right away. You know, it may be over a period of time, but if you communicate what your vision is and where you want to go and, and how you're going to get there, like people get excited about that. They'll rally with you. They'll run through the brick walls with you because they want to be a part of the team. And that's the fun part about being a business owner. Absolutely. I agree. I love it. All right. Well, is there anything else, Scott, that you wanted to share? No, I'm I just, again, I appreciate you having uh, having me on today. I think it's been a great discussion. You know, I, I do have one question because, you know, I, I'm still a new entrepreneur here. In your first year, first couple of years as an, as an entrepreneur, like how did you balance the time? That's something like I'm continuing to learn how to do better at because I, I, I shared with you before we started this conversation, I was up till five in the morning working and then I had an eight o'clock consulting call today. Um, and so like I, I struggle you know, because with, as being an entrepreneur, you have more free time per se, but even though it's not free, um, and, you know, versus like when I worked in the corporate setting, I may have worked, you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then came home and worked for a couple hours. Now it's like, you know, I can kind of create my own schedule and work with my clients. And, you know, I have, I'm married and I have a, you know, a 13 year old son. So I want to spend some time with my wife and my son, mm-hmm. but I struggle because like, I always feel like I need to give back and I want to help people. And so like I do some volunteer work at um, a couple churches and a school. And the hard part is, is saying no, which I know I need to work on, but I don't know if you have any like advice on like the balance act of kind of, you know, the work. And I know that you do a, a nice job. I saw when I was scheduling this appointment to do the podcast, kind of like your office hours, which I thought were really good, but I don't know if you have any advice for someone like myself or anybody that might be listening. That's a new entrepreneur. So my office hours, it's funny, I say those are my office hours, but really and truly like that just that just means don't bug me. And I have like clients, I go through like at the beginning of client onboarding, like I say, these are my office hours. You can expect like quicker results this way. You can always text me or whatnot. But I mean, I'm always I feel like I'm always working, but office hours are like the set time, like, okay, you're in the office and people can bug you and all that stuff. So they kind of understand that. But then sometimes I'm emailing on like a Sunday or a Monday, like it's 9 a.m., 9 p.m. or something. So it's like, it's okay to do those things, I think. And they don't always have to know that it's from me or that it, you can schedule stuff too. So it's different. But um, my first year in business was probably not a good example because I was, I was married and I had, when my first year of business, I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. Like, and I was... I was doing like almost like VA work because I didn't know what I knew what graphic design and I knew I wanted to do an agency and marketing and stuff, but I was doing VA stuff because I didn't think that people would pay for my services. So it was kind of different because it wasn't as hard headed hustling kind of thing. When I, I talk about this all the time. I hired a sales coach and that's what really drove me to change so much in my mind because she was like a mentor. She helped me get sales. She helped me talk about my worth. Like she helped me with so much stuff. So that's when I really shifted to be a business owner and really have that agency and understand how to like manage time and what I needed to do. A lot of times, like every morning I write out things that need to be done and things that I want to be done. If I get all of the needs done, I can do the wants. And then I still have a lot of time, a lot of problems with time, to be honest. But I mean, I try to keep like the weekends for like 
my own marketing or client stuff that need to be caught up on. And I spend maybe two, three hours on the weekend, like maybe a day or something. And then the rest of it is like cleaning and prepping for the week, making sure that everything can be done. I try my hardest to do that. And I know I can outsource things if I need to. And I know that I have the power to just say no or step away from whatever I need to do. And I've been actually better too about not trying to read my emails all the time because before Mm -hmm. I would, I would get an email and I would be like, Oh my God, I got to answer right now, but (laughs) you don't need to do all of that. So like just balancing and knowing that, like my sales coach tells me all the time, you're in charge. Like you don't have to get back to somebody right away. You don't have to do all of the things you can outsource it. You can get the help that you need and you can pick and choose what you need to do day to day. And I use um, Trello as like a CRM project management stuff. I don't know. I kind of have everything in there and a lot of different boards, but I really look at it as, okay, this client, like I keep the process going, they're onboarding, they're, they need to do this. They need to do that. They need to pay. They need it like keeping all of it going and systemized so that I don't sit there and wonder, oh my God, what do I need to do? And having those due dates and really having a schedule like if I need to do content, when do I do content? Do I start it on the 15th of the month so that it's ready for the next month because they have to approve it and all that. So it's really like a process. Like you have to figure out your processes and where you're spending your time, I think, as a business owner to really help before you can even adjust your time management, um, figure out what you are doing and how to best utilize it. No, that's good advice. Yeah. And I, I think I'm, you know, I, I always want to learn. I always want to get better, you know, and this is still a journey for me. I'm still like a, you know, toddler, you know, I'm 18 months in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've done that with the recruiting side. I have four people that help me with recruiting. And then I have, my wife does all my back office stuff, you sure. know? So um, I think this year, probably, you know, again, for me to grow is probably to hire a couple of people. So no, that was good information. I appreciate that insight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, and again, thank you very much for having me on. It was definitely a great conversation. And definitely use Susie if you need marketing help. Use Susie. She's great. Thank so. you. Thank you. Same to you. Use your HR stuff. <laughs> All right, All Susie. Right. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening in on this episode today. Please make sure to check out the links from your guests and Visions to Images to learn more about each other. It takes a village, as you know, so connect and grow with one another together. Thank you so much for listening.